Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Well, it is such a joy to be with you this morning, and especially preaching on Job. Now, in your bulletin, it says, uh, is it wrong to question God? Well, I put a little slash in there. To be Job is a job. (laughs) And it's the truth. To be Job is actually a true job. This was written about 600 years BCE. Of course, we always don't know exactly when it was written down. But around 600 BCE, before the Common Era, in the Hebrew Bible, we know of it because it is in its entirety. And we know that because of the Dead Sea Scrolls and other discoveries that they have. We have the book of Job in its entirety, which is really interesting. But you know, maybe it's important because it tells us what it is to be human. And it's one of the deepest questions that we have now, as well as 2,600 years ago and beyond, why do bad things happen to good people? I think that's called an eternal question, that we look around and we see why, why, why. The poem starts with God and Satan roaming over the earth. And God says, look at my servant Job. He is a righteous man. And Satan said, well, he's only righteous because you're so good to him. Now you see Job, well, he was just a good businessman. You know, he had camels and goats and sheep and dogs and probably bunnies and, you know, what else you just put on there? He had it all. He was a great businessman. And not only that, he had children, lots of children, and he had a wife, and everything was just fantastic. And so Satan says, Job only is righteous, only loves you, because you do all these good things for him. Now, if you took all those things away, would Job still love you? Or would Job curse you? Now remember, this is a poem. (laughs) This is a narrative poem. And so God says, okay, I trust Job. Let's see what happens. So first, Job loses all of his businesses, and then he loses his children, and all of this is happening. And, and, And his wife is even to the point that she say. Job just curse the Lord and die. 
And Job says, I will not curse God and die because we've accepted all these good things from him. Now can't we accept the bad also? And then the boils come. He's got boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. In fact, it's so bad. He goes and he sits on an ash pile for seven days. Can't you just see him sitting on that ash pile? He's suffering. And oh, does he suffer. He really suffers well. And you know, I think if you're going to suffer, suffer. And then comes his three friends, and then this adds more suffering because they are like, let me see. Uh, you remember Bob Newhart where they had Daryl, and this is my brother Larry and my other brother Larry. This is kind of the way his three friends are. You know, I'm, we have Daryl and Larry and the other brother Larry. Well, as I said, Job loves to suffer. For seven days, he has been silent with his friends. Don't you know those three friends want to tell him what's wrong? All this time, sitting for seven days. Have you ever been listening to someone and you say, I know, I know what's gone wrong with them. I just, when they're silent... I will tell them. Well, Job is suffering. He says, why did I not die at birth? Come forth from the womb and expire. That's good. You know, I think that's good, don't you? I mean, this is lamentations. This is suffering. So his three friends finally, ah, Job has spoken. Now they get to speak. And oh, are they excited to speak. Elias is, excuse me, yeah, Elias is the first one. And he says, Job, I know why you have lost all these things. You have sinned. And don't you know, if you sin, you're going to get everything taken away from you. Wouldn't it be nice to know what we did would cause this over here, or if we did something over here, it would really help this over here, kind of like cause and effect. I call this bubblegum theology. Uh, you know, you have a quarter, and you put the, your quarter in the bubblegum machine, and you get gum out. In other words, I do this, God's going to act that way. I do this, God's going to act another way. You know what? I can control how God acts. So what does Elias say? He says, you have sinned. Now Job says, I have not. I have been righteous. I have fed the poor and the hungry and the widow and given alms and just goes on and on and on. I have not sinned. And Elias says, well, you must have. Or God would not be doing this to you. But, but he stands righteous before everybody. And Job stands there and says, I've not sinned. But yet I rail 
my womb should I have not been there. Oh, y'all, he's so good. You've got to read this book. I mean, if you ever really get upset about something, read Job, you know, or Lamentations. You know, you could really get into God. But you know what? He doesn't curse God. He asks God, why? Why is this happening to me, God? Why is this happening? I'm going to go to you, not to my friends. My friends say I've sinned. I know I have not sinned. Now, the second one, Bildad speaks. Now, he wants Job to take action. Oh, by the way, this is my brother Larry. And my brother Larry says, take action. You should repent. Don't you know, take action, and then God will love you. If you just take action, say, I have sinned, I have done all these things wrong, and God will love you again. What does Job say? I have not sinned. I have been blameless. Don't you know I have been blameless? And then he goes on to lament some more. You know, I was thinking about just reading the whole book to you. Uh, because it's written so beautifully. But about three hours from now, you may have to go to the bathroom. and um, But that's okay. You know, about seven o'clock tonight, we'd be through. But you would really get something interesting out of it. But you might want to read it at home and sit. But I love when Zophar speaks. Because Zophar, he's the other brother, Larry. And what he says is, Job's guilt deserves punishment. Again, we're going back to bubblegum theology. Don't we wish it were that way? I mean, in our heart of hearts, don't we wish that we could control God? That we could say, hey, I've done this, God, your turn. Now, I've done this, okay, I've done this, God, okay, over here. Make me successful, make me well, make me beautiful. I don't want to be old. I love what Zophar speaks. He says, For God knows those who are worthless. When God sees iniquity, will he not consider it? But a stupid person will get understanding when a wild ass is born human. I love it. And then Job answers Zophar and says, No doubt you are the people and wisdom will die with you. This is just done so well. So they go back and forth. I'm righteous. No, you're not. If you were not, if you were righteous, you would not get all these things wrong. It goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But then something exciting and really mystifying happens. We introduce a new, a new character, and his name is Elihu. Remember, I said this was written. 2,600 years ago. We have it in its entirety. Nothing's been added, nothing changed. The book of Job is written in Hebrew, except for the chapters where Elihu speaks. They're written in Aramaic. What is the language of Jesus? Aramaic. Foreshadowing. Elihu rebukes Job because he's righteous in his own eyes 
And then he rebukes Job's three friends because they had found no answer, though they had declared Job to be in the wrong. But let's look at this character, Elihu, a little bit more. He says, truly, it is the spirit in a mortal, the breath of the Almighty that makes for understanding He says, my words declare the uprightness of my heart and my lips know how they speak sincerely for the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. You need fear nothing from me for my pressure will not be heavy on you. These words ring a bell within you. And now he speaks. And he says, Elihu says, what if, what if there is an angel, a mediator, one in a thousand who declares a person upright and he is gracious to that person and says, Deliver that man from going down into the pit, for I have found a ransom. Even though you sin, I will not hold that against you. He has redeemed my soul from going down to the pit, and my life shall see the light of day. Does this remind you of anybody? Six hundred years before the birth of Christ. And then Elihu speaks beautiful. I really would love to read you all this, but I can't. But what Elihu does is introduce God. Elihu takes the wisdom that he knows and virtually introduces God to Job. says, the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man. I will question you and you shall declare to me. And then God says, where were you when the foundation of the earth was made? Tell me. If you have understanding, who determined the measurements? Well, surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? Or what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its counterstone? When the morning stars sang together and the heavenly beings shouted for joy. Mm. Who has put wisdom in the inward parts? are given understanding to the mind. Who has the wisdom to number the clouds? And God goes on and on to say, Job, you know, you're asking the wrong questions. Why are you asking me why? Why are you arguing with me why good things happen? Why are you arguing with me about bad things happen? Why are you arguing with me at all? Job answered the Lord. 
I know you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Here, I will speak. I will question you and you declare to me, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. See, what's happening with Job is he's made that next step on the spiritual plane. He goes from asking why and why not and all of this to just wanting to be in relationship with God. And that's what God wants for all of us. Is it good to to rail at God? Oh, yes. (laughs) I've done that a few times in my life and still do. But God is saying, rail at me. Speak to me. I'm big enough for any question you have. But know that I want to be with you. I want to walk side by side with you. Does that sound like something at the first of the Bible? Where God walked side by side? Do you remember many years ago when there were lamplighters? Do you all remember lamplighters? You know, they were the people that, it it was just gas, we had no electricity, and there was a lamplighter had had the light, and he would go and lift up the lid, and the gas would there, and he would put the light on, and he would say, seven o'clock, all is well, and light the light. And then he would go to the next one and he would open it and he would say, seven o'clock and all is well. And he would light the light and on and on. What he was doing, he was punching life into the darkness. And that's what our God does. Our God comes and our God punches light into the darkness. And he says, come be with me. Walk with me side by side. Because I am your God and you are my people. And we are here in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.